When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited today because we're going to be speaking with an expert on Things that are in our head, things that might not be in our head, all of those things that make life challenging, whether we are dealing with employees, our family, our clients, all of these various things. It's these things that, you know, they get between our ears and they mess things up. And so please join me in welcoming Dr. Deborah Dupree to our program today. Welcome, Dr. Deborah. How are you doing? Well, thank you so much, Deb. I'm honored to be here and I'm doing great. Perfect. I love it. Well, as I mentioned, um, I'm going to you. I, I am so excited about having you on the program. And so let me tell people just a little bit about you and then we'll go from there. So Dr. Deborah Dupree is known as the mindset doc. She transforms challenging confrontations into learning conversations, taking the sting out of conflict. She saw her own family-owned business embroiled in differences, leading to dashed dreams, damaged relationships, and broken hearts. She turned these early experiences into a lifeline for smart people who fear conflict by bringing in the brain science behind blow-ups and emotional restrictions, reactions. Everyone has a family and everyone needs to work, but life doesn't always feel psychologically safe. Dr. D works with families and organizations to build a climate of courage and curiosity to set the tone for meaningful exchanges to learn, listen, and grow to stop the cycle of conflict. Dr. Deborah is a dispute resolution specialist, conflict leadership coach, coach, international trainer, and a keynote speaker. She hosts the podcast, Decoding the Conflict Mindset, to bring thought leaders to her community worldwide to gain insight when emotions run high. So again, Dr. Deborah, welcome. Thank you again, Deb. I really appreciate it. And I'm delighted to be speaking to your community worldwide. Perfect. I love it. Kind of love these worldwide communities. You know, and, and that's the cool thing about technology, right? But it's also made life more difficult for us. And so, you know, we, we might talk about that a little bit when we get uh, into this. But, you know, how did you get into this? Because it is a challenging career choice in many ways. Um, and so tell us about how it is that you discovered that this really is your passion in life. Well, that's always an interesting story because we all have a story. Mm -hmm. um, basically, you know, growing up, as I, as you've already mentioned mm -hmm. in my my intro, um, I could see people just really struggling. Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school and took my first psychology class, it was like, oh my goodness, people actually know about That's this. That's what's stuff. going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I have to admit, um, I I floundered a bit in college trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to study. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I kept going back to the psychology of people. Mm -hmm. And that has become my pathway from my mm -hmm. undergrad to my graduate to my doctorate degree. Mm -hmm. And just continuing to advance in my study and understanding of human dynamics and what makes people tick, um, how to shift the, uh, the direction of confrontations into mm -hmm. conversations. And um, and that's when I went back from my doctorate degree, actually less than 10 years ago, um, that 
you know, now we know so much about the neuroscience of the brain. It's not only fascinating, but people love to learn about Mm -hmm. what do we know now that we didn't know before. Right. Right. Well, you know, you mentioned the brain and, and I love that this is what you have studied because I think so many times it's, you know, when we have conflicts, it's not that you don't like that person or you don't like that boss or you disagree with them so many times it's based on things that happened years ago and, you know, maybe not even with that person. Right. You know, and, and so talk to us a little bit more about how it is that, especially in a business situation, you can help people kind of root out those, those base causes of some of these conflicts. One of the things I I realized, Deb, um, is that when people are in conflict, they tend to attack and be attacked, mm-hmm. I tend to take it very personally. Right. And the reality is, is that what's really going on is we want to separate the person from the problem, the person from the behavior. It's oftentimes behaviors mm-hmm. that trigger us into a reaction. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the key things is that not, as you've already said, it's not that um, we don't like somebody, we can still get into conflict even when mm-hmm. we love somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we can distinguish the behaviors that are causing us angst, um, you know, that are not sitting well with this, then we can still hold our love for that person or our liking of that person and then work together about the change in behavior. Mm-hmm. And I like to say it takes two to tango, but only one to change the direction of the dance. Ah. And so and so if we take ownership for ourselves and um, again, do a little bit of a deep dive into mm-hmm. well, who am I? What's my story? Mm-hmm. What kinds of behaviors did I encounter from my childhood mm-hmm. that are still with me today, mm-hmm. because those kinds of emotional memories are um, actually embedded in our brain and will tend to show up in our adult lives. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, let's say, um, I think a lot of people can resonate with this, a mom or a dad that was highly critical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so we sort of you know, got into that uh, self-doubt and mm-hmm. shame mode and and perhaps retreated and not deal with conflict very well mm-hmm. or not know how to process those emotions. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the workplace and we have a boss that tends to be critical. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like sending you way back to your childhood mm-hmm. and here I go all over again. And a lot of people, quite frankly, are unaware of those connections and how they show up. And so when I'm working with people, Frequently, I'm called in to work with teams of people. And so that's a, you know, some coaching to a manager or a leader, but also some one-on-one with each of the team members to sort of, you know, dive deeper, find a little bit more about them. And, you know, what do they what do they excel at in their adult communication mm-hmm. and where are they challenged? Mm-hmm. Those are opportunities then where we can make a difference in how they show up, how they communicate, mm-hmm. providing some structure, actually a roadmap, and um, giving them practice. Right. You know, and and oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Um, you know, you mentioned it takes two to tango. You know, you've you've got you know the as you said the dynamic. So we'll 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 do boss and employee. You know, the boss might be meaning well, doesn't even recognize that how they say something might be coming across as as you know conflict as opposed to a gentle suggestion <laughs> you know all of these things so how let's let's start with that how do you work with that person to get them to kind of switch their tone and and how they say things it's taking that deeper dive with them too in terms okay. of you know asking them you know um, what do you feel good about what do you you know what do you feel that you do well as mm-hmm. a manager um, where do you have challenges? Mm-hmm. And is it with certain kinds of people? Now we can start breaking it down into behaviors. Mm-hmm. And um, what is it about this behavior that triggers you? Mm-hmm. You know, or what is your mindset as you approach this person? Mm-hmm. Because again, bosses are people too. And so right. they have their childhood stories mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes we're not even aware that we show up in ways that are very similar to maybe how mom or dad right. or grandpa showed up. And so as a, as a leader, as a boss, we may be showing up in ways that replicate the, mm-hmm. those early behaviors. And so, again, helping people become aware of what works well for them, what doesn't work so well mm-hmm. for them, and where do they want to improve. Now, one of the things that I do, um, I think with every client I have and have for about 20 years, 
as I have put together what I call the 3D formula okay. to mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And so these are what I call quickie little assessments mm-hmm. because there are more robust uh, assessments out there, mm-hmm. but at least a way of getting started and helping people understand their mm-hmm. dynamics as well as the dynamics of others. And so uh, the first one is emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. How, how self-aware are you? And then how well do you manage yourself? Mm-hmm. How aware of others are you? And then how do you manage that relationship? So that's the foundation. Then I go into communication styles. Uh, again, I have a quickie version, but the disc is the version mm-hmm. that I tend to use mm-hmm. organizationally, um, particularly for the leader, because it's so powerful in the management version about not only do they learn about themselves, but mm-hmm. then they learn how to manage right. people from the different communications. Mm-hmm. It's just rich with information mm-hmm. and guidance. And then I uh, actually take people into um, the five conflict management styles, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, founded by Thomas Kilman. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of correlation between communication styles and conflict management styles, but then there are some differences. And so, again, I work with people about the advantages of the style, the disadvantages of the style, when to use, how to use, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, again, I try to take it very behavioral mm-hmm. uh, so that people can work on uh, work on, on these behavioral changes right. in terms of how they show up and influence others um, rather than feeling that they're just you know, a chocolate mess when it comes mm-hmm. to being a manager, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And so trying to break it down, chunk it down is what I like to call mm-hmm. it. Right. You know, and I think one of the the problems, and I've talked about this on the program with other guests before, is you're someone is promoted or you start a business, you know, so you're in charge and you're promoted based on certain skill sets. So you might be good at marketing, you might be good at accounting, all of those various things, but very rarely are you actually given training and assistance on how to deal with people. (laughs) And and I think that's then where the problems come in is we just, we're not equipped to be able to do that. Absolutely. Um, In fact, there's a a, a statistic I'll share um, from the Ken Blanchard Institute, Mm -hmm. you know, the the one minute manager. Mm -hmm. And um, and what they found in their surveys with, with up and coming managers is that it was oftentimes a good six to 10 years mm-hmm. before a new supervisor would actually get the training necessary right. to effectively lead people. Mm-hmm. And like, you're so right, is that a lot of people get um, promoted because of their mm-hmm. technical skills. Mm-hmm. But what we're learning, and uh, and again, the post-pandemic era, you know, is people are looking for something different in their mm-hmm. workplace as well as in their leadership. Right. And so it's a shift from what I call evidence-based, you know, mm-hmm. how good am I, how smart am I, mm-hmm. my degrees, my years of experience and so forth, to connection-based. Mm-hmm. And so it's really the art of communication, not just talking, talking mm-hmm. is telling, but mm-hmm. um, really connecting by being aware of others' emotions, your mm-hmm. own emotions, and then the impact and influence you have on others as well. Right. And be able to shift that to create a positive mm-hmm. outcome, energetic outcome that people are motivated to move mm-hmm. forward uh, rather than, again, that more critical mm-hmm. or what's wrong with you kind of approach mm-hmm. um, that I think a lot of you know management uh, right. uh, models really focus on that before. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a huge shift in this mm-hmm. direction. Right. Yeah, because the what's wrong with you, no matter how they word it, comes across as you're stupid. I mean, yeah. right. You know, it's. Um, but you know, as you were talking, I was also thinking, you know, to me, one of the hardest things was when I was promoted and everybody had been my friend. The, the, the co-workers were my friends. Now all of a sudden I was their boss. Yeah. And you know, and, and you mentioned a family business. I mean, how do you deal with those dynamics when someone you know, is it, they're they're in a different role because I still wanted to go out for Friday happy hour and hear about my coworkers' kids and what they were doing on the weekends, but I also needed to tell them this is your deadline. You have to meet this deadline. You know, all of those various things. So, how do you deal with it when those roles change? That's a great question because that is such a common challenge for people who promote from within. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now their coworkers are their you know um, subordinates, mm-hmm. and so the dynamic um, is 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 a big shift, and it's it's one that's difficult to manage unless you you do some study about it. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things uh, that 
I encourage people to do when they're promoting from within and now that same dynamic of your friends are now your your subordinates mm-hmm. is I encourage people to have the conversation earlier rather than later. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. We know it's going to change the dynamics. We right. just may not know exactly how. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage, you know, new supervisors or managers like that who have moved up within mm-hmm. is let's have, let's take time to have a conversation mm-hmm. and let's talk about roles and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about communication lines. Let's talk about, you know, the sort of the boundaries um, be, you know, we're friends, mm-hmm. but we, in the workplace, we also have to have some boundaries right. um, regarding our respective roles. Mm-hmm. And the earlier you have that conversation, now people don't mm-hmm. um, tend not to be so fearful mm-hmm. of what could happen and also not lead to isolation, particularly right. for the supervisor or manager. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and I did discover that I still wanted to be their friends. And I really couldn't, um, you know, it was, I mean, you, you could, but you couldn't. I mean, there was, and, and so I had a, an example, I, I ran a communications department and I traveled quite a bit. And one of the things that I did, I don't know why I did this. I just did this. I would bring the people I worked with and, and I guess other people had done it to, for me. And so I thought, oh, well, this was fun. So I bring them back little gifts. Mm-hmm. Now I never spent more than five, ten dollars, you know, uh, and and just all of these little things, and just you know, kind of like how when you're a parent and you go somewhere and you bring back a little gift for your child, and you know, had to unfortunately lay one of my employees off, and she did not take it well, <laughs> you know, and and it, it was unfortunately one of those where she was highly skilled, she knew what she was doing. We had budget cuts. She was the last one hired, um, you know, there, but I certainly couldn't say, well, it's not my fault. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I knew better than that, but, you know, and, and things went well, we had a going away lunch for her, all sorts of things. And then after she left, I discovered in my trash can. So she had had to deliberately come and do this were all of the little gifts that I had given her. And of course, I was hurt. I was angry because, I mean, part of me thought, now, just how petty could you be? I mean, she could have just thrown them away. I mean, you know, but to to deliberately come in where she knew I would see them. Um, And then, of course, what happens is I get phone calls wanting me to to give a referral for her. And, you know, and and I was at that point still in the stupid petty stage. And and so all I did was what the, the company line was. She was employed on this day. She was her last day was this day, and her final salary was this. You know, and and that basically was what all we were told to do. But then, of course, you got the uh, the uh, the question. So I'm understanding from your tone that, <laughs> that maybe you know, and and you know, and and so she actually had the courage, and I'm using that word deliberately. She had the courage to call me and say, "What gives." And so she and I had a very good chat and she apologized for doing that. And then I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you my cell phone number and they can call that number uh, so that that I am able to speak more freely. And I said, and I will give you a very good recommendation. Um, But I mean, it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, we, we get caught up in those petty, those hurt feeling things and, and it can cause so many conflicts whether they're you know still with the the company, the family, the whatever or not. So how in the heck do you get past those? You know that's a, an excellent example. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, it, that. Did, it hurt my feelings really bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think you know, um, and this is where a lot of times people don't um, don't speak up. So I, right. I really. Uh, you know, commend her for her courage Mm -hmm. as well as her curiosity. Those Mm -hmm. are two words I like to use interchangeably. Mm -hmm. It takes Mm -hmm. courage to be curious. And so that's a dip. Mm -hmm. But also you need curiosity to be um, Mm -hmm. courageous. So, um, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, um, when I'm working with people is is to explore them, what kinds of things tend to trigger you? We all have Mm -hmm. our hot buttons, shall we say. And that's actually part of one of my larger assessments I do with people mm-hmm. around conflict. Um, and, you know, to to recognize, you know, we have both um, constructive mm-hmm. and destructive behaviors. Right. And a lot of times we don't realize how um, passively aggressive those destructive behaviors are. Mm-hmm. The jab, the dig. Yeah, the know. little... Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's not what you say it's how you say it Mm -hmm. you know that's where tone Mm -hmm. comes up so Mm -hmm. tremendously 
And uh, I emphasize then, you know, what impact do you have on others? Mm -hmm. Are you coming across in a way that others actually want to communicate with you, want Mm -hmm. to work with you, want Mm -hmm. to follow what you're asking them to do? Uh, You know, and and how do you influence them? Mm -hmm. And so this is where I know it sounds challenging to many leaders, but in today's world, um, you know, it really does become imperative that people, leaders take the time to get to know each of their employees to mm-hmm. some level. You know, not their their deep, dark story or mm-hmm. their childhood story mm-hmm. unfolding, mm-hmm. but to know um, just who is this person? Because right. one size does not fit all. Mm-hmm. Right. When it comes to leadership, you can have a, you have a, a general style, but then the the people who feel highly motivated and feel good about your leadership are those who know that you know something about mm-hmm. them personally. Right. And again, it doesn't have to go into the the deep, you know, closet of the background, mm-hmm. but um, but in, instead to, you know, well, hi, Jack, you know, and, and how's your child, you know, mm-hmm. and or mm-hmm. something like that. And, um, you know, this notion is actually very old. It goes back to the 80s, but um, management by walking around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, people really value that. And that hasn't changed. That Mm -hmm. has not changed in today's world. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, too, is, you know, you may not feel like you always appreciate the other person. Mm -hmm. You may not really um, uh, want to acknowledge where people are coming. But Mm -hmm. the power of a simple thank you, you know, Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing what you did. Mm -hmm. I I imagine that must have been Mm -hmm. hard. So now you're showing some awareness of the other person. Mm -hmm. And um, Gallup actually did a study. This goes back about 20 years, um, but it hasn't changed. Uh, they basically did a survey. Now, you know, Gallup studies are huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what are what are the three top things that are most important to employees? Mm-hmm. And um, the, the first one was actually being called by their name mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. name that they wanted to be called by. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so somebody I, see you're a Deborah and I'm a Deborah, but I don't go mm-hmm. by Deborah. Mm-hmm. And so I know somebody doesn't know me if they call me Deborah. If they call me Deb, then I now if they call me Debbie, I know they've known me since I was like two years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I, I'm sort of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, called Debbie growing up, and and sometimes mm-hmm. didn't have a choice because there were five Debras in my first grade. Oh class. my! Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So it's a very popular name back mm-hmm. in my age. Um, but to, they call by their name and the name they prefer, mm-hmm. uh, and caution people about slipping into nicknames because they can feel harmful. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll give you a quick example on that, and then I'll go back to the other two things. Um, uh, I used to be involved with a human resource company out of Miami, and we would do training for very large organizations mm-hmm. uh, that were oftentimes under a decree from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission mm-hmm. uh, for diversity training. Mm-hmm. You know, so so situations where claims have been filed uh, mm-hmm. for discrimination, harassment, hostile workplace, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so it was a powerful program. I really loved it. And uh, one of our, our clientele was the Longshore and Harbor Workers Union. And so, you know, tended to be male-dominated. You know, yeah, a little be- rough around the edges, shall we say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, you said it, I didn't. So uh, Wonderful people, but. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were talking about nicknames. And um, it was pretty amazing because there was one gentleman, you know, there's always somebody in the classroom, mm-hmm. one or two people who are very quiet, sit toward mm-hmm. the back, don't engage, even though we have a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. group activities that are very fun and um, interactive. Um but he finally got enough courage. It was about 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and we'd been together all day. And I guess we sort of threw out more of a rhetorical question, mm-hmm. but he, he he raised his hand. And uh, and so it was like, okay, you know, well, share with us what's mm-hmm. going on. And he said, you know, we've been talking about nicknames all day, and and uh, I've never said anything to any of my coworkers mm-hmm. here, but I don't like being called tiny. Because I'm assuming he was a large that, man. Uh, yeah, you can see I'm nothing but tiny. Mm-hmm. And so every time somebody calls me tiny, I'm reminded how heavy I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that doesn't make me feel good. I I feel um, motivated. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And that was just a real wake up call for mm-hmm. his colleagues. And I so, bet that, um, and I hope they felt bad. I mean, I don't want them to feel bad, but because they'd never considered it. You know, I'm I'm sure they did feel bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why it's so important that, you know, you you know, refer to people by their name and mm-hmm. people want to be called their name. Now, that actually sort of came uh, out from the days of when a lot of organizations would refer to employees by their number. 
So, I know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, but the value of being called uh, the, the appropriate name is still mm-hmm. still there. The other thing is uh, simply to be, um, you know, told thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here. Thank you for what you did. And out of that, I came up with a, an acronym called PEAK. Acknowledge people for their presence. Mm-hmm. You know, just thank you for being here today. Right. Thank you for being on mm-hmm. time. You know, and then E, I uh, think people uh, acknowledge people for their their effort or their mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just have positive energy, and I still appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I can myself pick up when I'm around you. Mm-hmm. A is for um, acknowledge people for their accomplishments or achievements or yeah. attitude. Mm-hmm. Attitude, another one. Uh, and then C, you know, there's a couple things too. Is acknowledge people for their their challenges, their concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so forth. And so it's just an easy way to acknowledge people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and it's not, we're not talking about appreciation or agreeing with people. Mm-hmm. We're simply acknowledging right. where they're coming from and, mm-hmm. and what you notice about them. Mm-hmm. And so it's a way, powerful way of making connections. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I've, I've shared this on the program before. Um, when I was, was at this large company, my CEO calls me in and he says, we need to redo everybody's name badges. Okay. I mean, I was like, whatever. And and he said, I want the first name. And and you said what you wanted. So like my name's mine said Deb. Um, he said, I want it big enough that when I'm six feet away, I can read it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I and and at that point, now I'm in the communication department. And I'm running the communication, but I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, it just he told me to do it, and so we did. And and I forget why we told everybody they needed new badges. You know, nobody cared, but they all got new badges. But it was incredible to hear people say, "I passed Steve in the hall, and he called me by name." And that was exactly what he was doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just something so simple as that, because, you know, there was no way he was going to remember all those names. I mean, we had several hundred employees and he, you know, and, and, but yeah, just that, that little change. And and so I love it when I go somewhere to a meeting or something and somebody has a name badge on and I can read their name because names are a challenge to me. They've always been a challenge to me. Yours, I will remember because it's the same as my name, but, um, you know, but other people, you know, I can, I can meet them 20 times and still not get their name right. So I love name tags. I love name tags. (laughs) And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things, but you're right. We love hearing our own name and it's so simple just to say, Hey, Deborah, how are you doing today? I mean, you know, things like that just make a big difference to folks, especially if there's a little something going bad in their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's a way of making a connection. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, we t- we hear a lot about mm-hmm. employee engagement today and how people, in, in spite of our increasing access to technology, still mm-hmm. feel so uh, alone and isolated. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why having, well, another thing, you know, sort of with what you're saying, I was working with a very large uh, hotel, which is international. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, basically I got called in, though, because their annual employee survey uh, came up pretty poorly. Uh-oh. And it, it 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 had them in the very lowest quadrant of mm-hmm. all hotels throughout the world. And Yikes. Leadership was like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I've incorporated a lot of what we're talking about today mm-hmm. in my training and so forth. And I actually worked one on one with each of the um what they call them division heads mm-hmm. and then some of the um sub um subunit managers to really try to make a change. So that that's what the survey really targeted was pretty critical of management at every level. Mm-hmm. And so I was working with one division head and and he said to me, Deborah, I just don't get it. He goes, I think I'm a very nice, affable kind of person. You know, I've got a good sense of humor. I've actually worked my way up from the very bottom rung. Mm-hmm. I know all the jobs of the people that I now manage. Mm-hmm. And I have the largest department in the entire hotel. And and he said, but my department also has the highest rate of complaints. Hmm. And um, uh, they don't speak up in meetings and, mm-hmm. you know, gave me some other examples. And so uh, I took the opportunity to observe him. Mm-hmm. As he was coming into the um, uh, hotel for the, a day of work, mm-hmm. but, uh, he was a wasn't a real big man, but uh, he was you know firm and and uh, had dark hair, dark mm-hmm. eyebrows, uh, dark lashes, and so mm-hmm. you know there's a 
uh, a lot of darkness to a space, shall mm-hmm. we say. Right. Kind of um, imposing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and, and he was already preoccupied with what he had to deal with that today. So he would walk down the hallway and um, wouldn't even acknowledge people that oh. worked for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I said, well, you know, I think I've observed something that's actually pretty simple. And so I want you to try this um, for the next few days. And so um, it's, it's say, hello, hi, good morning, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, as much as possible, use their name. Mm-hmm. And so in doing follow up with him, uh, it was about 30 days later. And he goes, Deborah, I cannot believe it. I cannot mm-hmm. believe what a change in mm-hmm. atmosphere. Simply mm-hmm. saying good morning to people in the morning mm-hmm. does. He goes, our meetings are so much better. Um, mm-hmm. People actually walk in my open door because I have an open door policy when mm-hmm. they didn't before. And he goes, we've just really changed how we're doing things. And I can't believe it started with me mm-hmm. being friendly as soon mm-hmm. as I walked in the door and acknowledging people and saying good morning. Right. And so that's another thing then is that, particularly when it comes to conflict, because if we haven't made that connection in the morning mm-hmm. and all I see is this sour face and, mm-hmm. oh, What's going on? Did I do something wrong? Right. You're going to keep your distance. Exactly. You're going to keep your distance. And if a conflict does come up, oh, I'm not going to go talk to that person. Right. I don't know. Write my head off. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so when I'm working with groups of people, I'll, I'll acknowledge, you know, this strategy, mm-hmm. tell my little story, and um, say, you know, after you've had a connection, are you more likely to go to that person later on when something's not going mm-hmm. well and you keep them out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's one of the things when I do training mm-hmm. uh, or if I'm doing a mediation mm-hmm. uh, or a presentation, mm-hmm. I always do something that will engage um, the people mm-hmm. with each other. Right. And it's just amazing. You can just see that people relaxing and their mm-hmm. shoulders relax and they're smiling and mm-hmm. they just had a fun time connecting over mm-hmm. two or three minutes, you know? Right. Yeah. And so that's a, a, a tip that I pass on mm-hmm. to everybody uh, is to do your part in saying mm-hmm. good morning. Mm-hmm. Start your day. Right. And even if you don't call them by name, just the fact that you looked at them and so look at them, you know, don't, yeah. don't hi, you know, be, you know, and, and acknowledge their presence. And I think maybe that's it. We all want to be acknowledged, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, just saying hi, good morning is better than grumpy, 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 right? <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, when, when, you know, I mentioned, you know, people are feeling very isolated today mm-hmm. um, because when, uh, when we don't acknowledge people, even in those you know, brief passings, mm-hmm. you know, people feel like they're invisible mm-hmm. um, and uh, 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 and that they they don't matter. Mm-hmm. They may feel significant. Mm-hmm. And you know, instead, if, particularly we as leaders, but as coworkers too, mm-hmm. we want to do things that help people help mm-hmm. keep people up, right. you know, and keep their energy, keep their motivation up. Because when people are distracted or mm-hmm. um, are disoriented because of you know maybe how they've been treated mm-hmm. by others. That's when we do have misunderstandings mm-hmm. and inefficiencies. We make mistakes because we're not fully present. Mm-hmm. We're distracted, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and that all kinds of kind of leads us to the bigger question of, you know, are we talking to people or are we communicating? And there's going to be so many people that go, "Well, it's the same thing." Yeah. No, it's not. And so, talk to us about what talk to us. Communicate with us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, chat with us about you know what is the difference between talking and communicating. You know, it's it's interesting because um, uh, there are several words. I'm sure we could find lots more words that that sound synonymous, but they're not really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, talking, communicating is one of those, and and mm-hmm. and yet, how much we use the word talk, you know, mm-hmm. but, right. And I'll just share with you real quickly before I go into um, that uh, distinction is that listening and hearing are also two mm-hmm. words that are often considered synonymous. Mm-hmm. But hearing is the audible sound. Listening is um, actually where we give meaning. Right. We absorb uh, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, seeing and looking, you know, mm-hmm. as we'll look over there. Okay, I am. But what am I seeing? What am mm-hmm. I supposed to be seeing? You know, mm-hmm. and so um, and so it's important to you know use our language wisely. Mm-hmm. And um, so going back to talking and communicating, uh, talking is really about telling. It's the verbal content mm-hmm. of what you or I want to say. Mm-hmm. It's more of the delivery of information. Communicating, though, is really an exchange. Um, not only of you know content, but mm-hmm. also exploring 
How are you impacted? Being aware of, of others' emotions or feelings or the impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I referenced the EEOC earlier. And so the EEOC uh, you know, talks about, it doesn't matter what you intended to do. It's the impact of your behavior on right. others, mm-hmm. which is what we look at in terms mm-hmm. of discrimination, retaliation, harassment, and things mm-hmm. like that. And so um, be aware of the impact you have on others. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, maybe make adjustments in, in our words that we use, our tone, mm-hmm. um, to share, um, you know, 55% of how we communicate is through our behavior, our facial mm-hmm. expressions, particularly right. the eyes. You tell a lot if you know how to read the nonverbal cues. Mm-hmm. And then 38% is through um, how we sound, our mm-hmm. tone, our volume, our right. inflection. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, we, we, can, we convey hugely. Mm-hmm. Which is manipulating those two parts of it, our body language mm-hmm. and then how we sound. That leaves only 7% uh, left to the words. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean words are not uh, important. Mm-hmm. Words do matter. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's why I said choose your words wisely. Make mm-hmm. sure that you're using words that convey what you want to convey. Mm-hmm. And so communication, we can think about it like an umbrella. The communication is that big umbrella. Mm-hmm. And talking is a subset of, of that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and I asked earlier, you know, if if you're the boss and you've got some issues, what about if you're the employee or the volunteer or even the child and you want to, you've got these issues, you know, you've got somebody who might be bullying you, who might be talking down to you, who might be doing all of those things. And I think, of course, that the the initial and probably in most cases, the reaction is we're just not going to do anything. We're not going to make the situation worse. We're not going to, you know, I don't want to get yelled at more. Right. You know, all of these things. But if you are that second person, what are things that you can do to try to improve this situation? Again, a good question. Um, I'm coaching people a lot about this all the time Mm -hmm. um, and helping employees develop a mindset and courage and curiosity Mm -hmm. to be able to speak up Mm -hmm. to someone who's treated them poorly. One of the things that I've learned over the years, um, you know, specializing not only in the psychology of human dynamics, but also the conflict, you Mm -hmm. know, that people experience um, and, uh, and helping parties navigate through conflict through mediation is that it's really about uh, learning to disengage from the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. trying to address it in that moment mm-hmm. um, is more likely to see things escalate. Right. And why do I say that? So the person who may be treating you poorly, you know, bullying you or mm-hmm. you know, saying some side remarks some jab or poke or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's an indication that one, either they're not emotionally aware of how they're mm-hmm. impacting people Back to emotional intelligence. Or they don't care. <laughs> well, or they don't care. But, um, you know, what I've learned, you know, I, I get that a lot. Well, they don't care how they treat you. Well, um, you know. I think most of the time, though, they do. And, and yeah, it's a it's, habit. Right. It's a habit. And, um, and and when they're in that moment, mm-hmm. something emotional is going on for them, too. Right. So that's why I, 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 I you know, help people disengage from the mm-hmm. heat of the moment, but to re-engage in a calmer moment. Mm. So we go back to the brain science centers that mm-hmm. when we get triggered, you know, we can feel our head going and mm-hmm. you know, brain chemicals are going on and neurological firing is going on. So we're actually not able to function in our prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. our human, our executive mm-hmm. brain. We have all this other stuff going on in the limbic brain. But if we learn to disengage from the heat of the moment, then it our, physiologically, it can actually take our brains and our bodies up to 24 to 72 hours for our physiology to settle mm-hmm. back down from mm-hmm. that triggered state. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm working with people from a conflict management perspective uh, in improving their communication skills, I usually recommend at first, you know, step away from the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. but, but commit to coming back in a calmer right. moment. And mm-hmm. so at first to practice, you know, 24 to 48 hours, mm-hmm. because then you're not so hot that you'll get re-triggered, but you're mm-hmm. also getting the other person mm-hmm. in a hot. And, uh, and so that's a way of slowing things down. And then coming back with, I've developed a two-part script to guide people in, mm-hmm. in terms of how, how to approach somebody when mm-hmm. a, um, adverse has happened mm-hmm. and uh, how to, how to communicate about that by focusing on the mm-hmm. behavior and, uh, and, you know, say, you know, 
Deb, you know, I'd like to talk about that you know encounter we had yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to admit, it's really been on my mind, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just not feeling good about it. And you know, our working relationship is very important to me, and so I really want to have a good working relationship with mm-hmm. with you as my supervisor. Could we take 10, 15 minutes um, at a later time to talk about that? I'd like to hear where you're coming from. I'd like to share with you how I was impacted because I own that some of this may be my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we want a good working relationship, this isn't working for me. Right. You know, so that's and sort of how you I, it would it. be pretty hard for me to say no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I might say yeah. not right now. Not but, right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I came up with that that two part deal because. So many times, I always like to say, uh, managers, supervisors, leaders, um, how many of you have a line item in your uh, job description that talks about managing conflict with people? And <laughs> That's the no. and other duties as a sign. <laughs> yeah, right? there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Or the other thing is, is that how many of you have a line item in your budget mm. that has money earmarked mm-hmm. for dealing mm-hmm. with conflict? Uh, because the studies show that, you know, um, in in the average company of almost any size, uh, a manager is going to deal with employee conflict a good 30% of their day. Right. And yet mm-hmm. it's not built in, it's not mm-hmm. built in anymore. Uh, and in bigger corporations like the Fortune 500, it even jumps to 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, you know, one, people complain then is that, well, if I have an open door um, policy and people mm-hmm. use it, then I'm, you know, I, I, I end up having all my time absorbed by this right. employee, mm-hmm. the need. It's like, well, you know, that's got to be curvy. No wonder you're not getting your other work mm-hmm. done. And that's not necessarily what the other person really needs, you know. Mm-hmm. And so using the two-part strategies that, like you said, um, I'd love to talk to you, not right now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, let's set a time for later when mm-hmm. we're both prepared for this. Right. I'm sure you have other things to do. I do too. You know, and then you set a time. Now mm-hmm. you, you have time. To and that's the important thing. You have to deal with it. Yes. Yeah. You do have to deal with it. Walking away indefinitely um, is is no solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I also work a lot with the communication styles because some people mm-hmm. are naturally conflict avoidant and would like to never deal mm-hmm. with it if they don't have to. Unfortunately, those people who don't resolve conflict oftentimes have other um, you know, mm-hmm. stress issues and health issues because right. they are absorbing the conflict. Mm-hmm. And then others are are too quick to want to jump into conflict right mm-hmm. now, right here, you know, do it mm-hmm. now. You know, it's like no, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so working with that, the timing, uh, the pacing. Mm-hmm you know, all of that comes into play mm-hmm. in some of my strategies. Right. Well, you know, w- one of the things that, that we've mentioned is the fact that, you know, post-COVID, during COVID and then post-COVID, I mean, you know, we're, we were all of a sudden thrown into this situation where nobody was prepared for it, right? right. Friday, you were at work, Monday, you weren't. Ah! Um, and, you know, maybe on Thursday, you were going, Something's not, you know, maybe I should take my stuff home with me on Friday. But, you know, and but how difficult is it now that we're not in the offices? Um, you know, because I, it, it, it seems like there'd be less conflict. But I think in you know what I'm hearing from people is that there's more because there's just things that are missing. So how do we deal with this hybrid or whatever situation it is that we've got now? Yes, it's it's interesting, um, you know, how, how we can actually have more conflict when we're not directly with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets back to communication. So mm-hmm. one of the, the strategies that I have been drawing upon for quite a few years now actually comes out of the work of, um, of course, now all of a sudden I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> uh, Somebody uh, important. <laughs> yeah, and he's a, a very, um, oh, well, he wrote, uh, he Patrick Lencioni, there we go. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's it. He wrote a book called Death by Meetings. Mm-hmm. And so most people will laugh and go, oh, yeah, we have way too many meetings, mm-hmm. you know. But he says, actually, we don't have enough of the right kind of meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. And he outlines then different types of meetings of different durations for mm-hmm. specific goals and objectives. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I have found um, very, very helpful is for um, managers and supervisors to initiate a daily check-in. And, um, you know, you can do it at the end of the day or at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day. I prefer doing it at the beginning of the day. It doesn't matter if you're on site or not. It's just mm-hmm. everybody just get on. Right. And remind everybody you exist kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's, again, it's about connection. 
Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so just, just want to check in with everybody, you know, um, uh, here's what's hot today. Here's what's not. Mm-hmm. Things have shifted from when we talked yesterday. Um, who, who have any emergency or urgent mm-hmm. needs that might need some help? Mm-hmm. We can reallocate resources to, to assist here and there. And so, again, it's a way of people feeling connected. They feel heard. Mm-hmm. They, they feel like you got their back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I encourage people, don't do it more than, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 would be way right. too much. And you don't want it to be a bitch session. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a, a quick connect, touch base. And uh, and again, you're there to support and mm-hmm. redirect as needed. And mm-hmm. it was great today. Wonderful. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, you know, Patrick says do it every day. I don't know that that's necessary, but maybe, you know, two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that's a really, really great way. I mean, again, when I have worked with um, teams and managers, I follow up and say, "How? What's working for you? Mm-hmm. What's not?" And um, uh, that that daily connection mm-hmm. or almost daily connection is one of the most powerful mm-hmm. tools that I got so much out mm-hmm. of that. People right. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking with somebody who they had to instigate a policy where they said, "You know, we're we're going to do this, and we're going to have our meetings, and you know, whatever. We're we're all online now." Your camera must be on. Yeah. And you know, and and I'm one of these, I'm like, but I'm sitting here eating. I yeah. <laughs> but it, it, there's you lose so much mm-hmm. when your camera is off because it is very easy, first of all, to not be paying attention at all, right? right. You know, and and if you go mm, every once in a while, they think, okay, you're there and you're interested. But it's it, it and and so you've you've got that accountability because you are able to see them and you can also you know if you're if you're very good at this and into you can also start picking up on things you know are they um a little more unkempt than mm-hmm. usual you know is their background now it's funny you know we've we've got all these different backgrounds that that people have but um you know if if you know say your you your background is you know just cluttered and it wasn't before um you know and, and granted you're only seeing people from you know chest level up but you can still pick up on some of their body language so i think you know as much as we kind of go Ugh, i don't want my camera on i think it is a good thing you know and 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 i really like it when i'm participating in a meeting if people have their cameras on i've discovered if they don't and even if they have a picture there they don't exist to me you know, they're, they're just not even there. And, you know, so as much as we, you know, we're like, Ugh, I have to have my camera on, which means I can't sit here in, in my scrunchy t-shirt and, you know, all of these various things. Well, you know what, folks, this is a t-shirt that I put a scarf on. Um, you know? And so, you know, I, I, but I think it's, it's, it is important from the communications perspective to have the cameras on. Absolutely. You know, I've gotten so, um, I so enjoy being able to see people like this. Mm-hmm. And if you know how to read the nonverbal cues, right. you can pick, uh, you can pick up so much. In fact, mm-hmm. so I share, I do a lot of work with mediators on ah, mm-hmm. how to manage the emotional climate mm-hmm. more effectively. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, I, you know, I, well, actually mediations that have, have mm-hmm. been very successful online mm-hmm. because we're not sitting in the same room with this other Right. Person. It kind of diffuses things a bit. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not in the heat. Uh, you know, we feel the heat with somebody mm-hmm. when they're angry with us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that actually diffuses that, and people are able to engage much more effectively mm-hmm. in that exchange of mm-hmm. information. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, uh, and I know I did a mediation last week where it got a little. Well, I guess uh, the the head person was unable to get a, a, from his site over to the main site mm-hmm. fast, and he didn't want to delay it, so. Mm-hmm. He could participate by telephone, mm-hmm. and so he wasn't on camera. We were yeah. all there, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it was um, uh, it was challenging. And I need a voice pipes up, and you're like, "Where'd that yeah, come yeah. from?" <laughs> well, you know, as a mediator, and to facilitate that, I need to be mindful of how are people showing up, and mm-hmm. that I do my job to facilitate and make sure I'm checking in with them, right? Mm-hmm. You know? and, and you know, I just want to make sure that you heard that. Still clearly. there, Bob? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I have to admit, I I, I like the the visuals so much. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, even talking on the phone of just the mm-hmm. phone is not um, enjoyable these mm-hmm. days uh, than just actually getting on the camera with one another. Right. But yeah, having that connection is mm-hmm. very important. And again, you can read a lot about body language and mm-hmm. what's going on. And so um, I know um, 
when the pandemic first hit and people were like, oh, good, I get to wear my sweats all day and mm-hmm. working and, and I don't need to take a shower. I don't need to you know, do my hair or whatever. And I, I remember doing a, a, a Facebook live stream and say, no, 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 no. It's very important that we mm-hmm. set our mindset um, in, you know, in the morning to be ready for work. Right. Yes. It's, you are working. So you should be quasi prepared for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I may have blue jeans on the bottom, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm always dressed, you know, from the right. top. And so that, because again, our, our visually, mm-hmm. you know, how we show up does mm-hmm. impact other people. Mm-hmm. And, and then choose that if people are, are, um, you know, uh, unkempt or disheveled mm-hmm. or whatever it could be an indication that maybe they are feeling isolated right. and mm-hmm. maybe experiencing some mm-hmm. some mental health concerns. And so it's a way of managers checking in mm-hmm. and having those one-on-ones and and um, uh, taking time to check in with mm-hmm. people, particularly now that we have the hybrid. Right. You know, and and people are looking at what 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 we have around us and i just find that funny um because i had a zoom consultant um oh. right and but you know we look at the backgrounds we look at what's there if they've got books we're looking mm-hmm. to see what are they reading what are they reading mm-hmm. um you know and and i remember i was talking with a friend of mine who had you know when covid first started she had absolutely no room to set up a private office. And so her desk was in her bedroom. Now she said it was always very neat and very tidy. And she said, but one time somebody said, where'd you buy that quilt? And she <laughs> thought, and, and, and she said, they were not meaning it bad. They really wanted to buy the quilt. I mean, you know, they yeah, were just, yeah. they liked she, it. she immediately thought this is unprofessional of me. And so she figured out a, a different way, you know, she got a screen and that was just yeah. the easiest way to do it. So she was still in the same spot. She just, you know, had a screen behind her. And so I think that's the other thing is, you know, we need to do that. And like, you know, I mentioned, I had a Zoom consultant. She had me take down things, but I just had sayings and things. Now they were professional. I mean, you know, that nobody was going to go, oh my God, what do you know? Um, but she said it was distracting because people were looking at it, trying to figure out what it was, um, yeah. especially if they could only see part of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the same. And, and you know, we, you, you do the same thing when we're meeting in person, right? We don't want all of these distractions around us because you want them to focus on you and what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah, and, and excellent point because a uh, too busy background is is distracting, mm-hmm. and so our, our brain is following it. So keeping right. things simple right. is very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Well, Dr. Deborah, you know, we're uh, that what we're really talking about is someone's emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. And and how they deal with this. So, what are ways that we can grow our emotional intelligence? Well, there are quite a number of ways, but what I would really encourage people to do, uh, and they can visit my website, um, uh, you know, relationships-at-work.com forward slash um, 3D formula, and click on that and uh, and go ahead and take the emotional intelligence assessment mm-hmm. that I have there. It's free. They get immediate results, but this would be a good way of finding out where are you, mm-hmm. you know, Standardized questions, of course, self-response. But if, if you're at an 18 or lower, that definitely suggests uh, developmental opportunities. Mm-hmm. And even if you got above 18, again, mm-hmm. what's the lowest? And again, developmental right. opportunity. So at least that gives you some some idea of what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm. Is it self-awareness? Is it self-management? Is it mm-hmm. other awareness or relationship management? And then, um, so that would be one thing I would do right there. And uh, I, again, I use the communications assessment that follows that step mm-hmm. two. Uh, I call it the spice game because after all, it's spices that make food so wonderful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what makes human beings so wonderful too, or not. Um, but uh, through the spice game, then uh, it gives you an opportunity to, uh, it's a list of characteristics mm-hmm. that you choose that you feel are reflective of you. Okay. Uh, but in so, you know, in important relationships mm-hmm. that I would encourage, well, even if somebody hasn't taken an assessment, mm-hmm. now that I know what I know about these four communication mm-hmm. styles and, and, you know, gets into our focal point, our mm-hmm. um, what underlying fear is, what our underlying need is, uh, how do we tend to communicate mm-hmm. statements or questions? Once we begin to know and understand mm-hmm. this, now we can, uh, one, not only have a clearer picture of ourselves, mm-hmm. now we can use these as clues mm-hmm. as to where other people are showing up. Mm-hmm. And so um, to me, it really enhances mm-hmm. um, Understanding of self mm-hmm. and others. 
And uh, and then when they take the communication styles, I actually have a communication guide that shows that, they, okay, if I'm dealing with, you know, a, a driver, what I call the parsley, mm-hmm. a ginger, or I'm a, I'm a steady person, mm-hmm. um, how should I approach that other person? Mm-hmm. So many versions of the disc, as I mentioned earlier. And so, um, and then going on with the conflict management mm-hmm. styles, you know, um, what uh, there's the time and place for everything. There's mm-hmm. not one conflict management style is not better than the other, and right. that's true for communication. Mm-hmm. But again, what do um, where do I tend to go, and then who am I who am I dealing mm-hmm. with who might have a different conflict management mm-hmm. style? Maybe that's why we're having difficulty. Right. Just, Your conflict styles are in conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and that's true for the communication styles mm-hmm. too. I I learned right. and. These kinds of assessments came not from my psychology background, but as I was starting my career as a mediator, I'm going, how can two really nice people be at such odds? Mm-hmm. My psychology training did not teach me that. And mm-hmm. that's how I got the communication styles. Mm. And uh, I, I do find that uh, whether it's at home or work, there's two particular styles mm-hmm. that tend to be in conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's often the root. And yet they're so busy blaming and shaming each other. Mm-hmm. They, they're not looking at behaviors or mm-hmm. they're putting person into the mm-hmm. picture so that's that's the other thing is an emotionally intelligent person i know i only know so much i can't be right, right. all the time and I yet too many people oh. yeah i know <laughs> and yet too many people um uh you know do have that perspective mm-hmm. that if i'm right and particularly mm-hmm. as leaders and right. um mm-hmm. leader that's why leader. i'm the leader yeah yeah mm-hmm. i have to have all the answers and that's mm-hmm. a, that's a lot of pressure Mm-hmm. And the reality is then from an emotionally intelligent perspective is that I don't, I, it's not realistic mm-hmm. for me to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I just need to how to find out the answers. Right. And that's why you want a team of people that mm-hmm. you can turn to who have expertises that uh, may not be yours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the biggest thing um, from the leadership standpoint mm-hmm. then. Uh, but it applies to people at all levels of the organization mm-hmm. and families. Like I said in the beginning, I use my assessments in almost every mm-hmm situation, whether it's right. one-on-one, uh, pre-mediation, mm-hmm. group intervention mm-hmm. uh, in the workplace. So building our emotional intelligence is key as a foundation. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of that, tell us again your website and what are the services that you provide? Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Um, I had I actually had to design my name this way because the the, the the one without the hyphens was already taken, but I I really wanted to look at relationships at work, you know, um, mm-hmm. and not just at work, but relationships mm-hmm. in progress, you right. know. So it's relationships hyphen at hyphen work dot com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so there there are a couple of key areas of services that I provide. Uh, my passion uh, is really about doing group interventions in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, so I do both. Uh, it's a form of dispute resolution uh, mm-hmm. and going into working with the team um, and working with the the leader, the manager, uh, working with the, the individual team members. And the team sizes can vary greatly depending mm-hmm. upon you know, the organization. Uh, and I take them through a series of one-on-one coaching as okay. well as training, um, you know, learning through resources. And, uh, and so that's really where I have passion. Mm-hmm. With that, then mediation may show up if I've got a conflict between mm-hmm. two particular people, and I've been working with a community college district um, in that realm over the last few few mm-hmm. um, months, and mm-hmm. um, going to a county agency next week. I've been there before with some mm-hmm. other things. You're having some problem in the the auditing department, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know I do speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I have a TEDx talk coming up on July 23rd. Ooh, yay! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I just, I love just sharing the knowledge and passion mm-hmm. and, and making a difference in people's lives. Again, mm-hmm. it goes back to my my upbringing where I just saw so many people, you know, damaged mm-hmm. uh, and not living healthy lives that um, really, really being able to mm-hmm. turn them around. So mm-hmm. again, Asian is one, uh, training and coaching mm-hmm. is another, speaking. Uh, and then I do have one, one-on-one clients as well. Mm-hmm. I love it. Work, so Perfect. I love it. And you've got lots of resources on your website. So I encourage folks to go there. So again, it's relationships hyphen at hyphen work dot com. Um, you know, and, and so please go there and find that. Well, Dr. Deborah, this really has been so fascinating. And I would love to have you on again, because I think this is so important, because as we mentioned, 
it's applies to everybody. You know, we are all somehow in all of this, unless we live in a cave somewhere, never talk to anybody. And how fun is that? Um, you know, and, and so, you know, whether, you know, it, it doesn't matter what's going on, we're somehow part of this. And so we, we want to help resolve those conflicts, have better relationships, be more successful in our business and our personal lives. So I would love to have you on again, but until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Yes. Um, you know, sometimes we, um, you know, things have to get pretty bad sometimes mm-hmm. um, before we are motivated or pushed to do something different. And so um, uh, I like to share two quotes with you. Uh, first comes from Albert Einstein. In the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. And so sometimes things have to get pretty bad. And then um, my own phrase is that um, from moments of pain, comes the momentum for gain. And so sometimes, you know, yeah. And that's oftentimes when I get called in is that I, we just don't know what to do anymore. You know, um, we need help. And and that's okay because we, we can't be specialists in everything we do. And, um, uh, you know, and I encourage um, all of our listeners out there, particularly our leaders and managers that can do something about this. Don't just chalk it off that, Oh, they just have different personalities. They just don't get along. I'm sorry. In the, today's work world, we have no place being at work if we're not getting along with people. And so um, step in earlier. The, there are three sources of conflict. And the earlier we can step in and, and uh, identify the sources and start to turn things around, the easier uh, it is to manage the conflict and the less costly, too. I love it. Well, this has been so much fun. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating discussion with Dr. Deborah Dupree of Relationships at Work. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.